the, the things that we get gratification from uh, from the external world, whether they're positive or not, we need more and more and more and more of that to be satisfied and feel the way we want to. Mm -hmm. But when we turn inward and we get those, whatever those, if it's joy or if it's fulfillment or if it's abundance, anything that, we, that we're seeking externally, if we turn inward and, and train ourselves and condition our subconscious to tap into those experiences internally, which we all, all can do, you actually need to, you need less and the more you do it, the less and less you need of it. Welcome to Alignment Adventures. This is a podcast where we explore what it means to live a fulfilling, aligning, and present life. I'm your host, Lindsay Tanner, and I am so grateful that you are here. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to another episode of Alignment Adventures. I am so grateful and glad that you joined me today for another beautifully expansive and aligning conversation with poet and novelist, Sean Randall. Now, this conversation is so magical, and I just love how beautiful his journey is. I find it so fascinating hearing people's personal journey and hearing how they got to where they are and where they've been. It's just so fascinating to me, but he is the author of four different books, Words Like Wine, A Peace of Mind, Letters from Lima, and The Manifestation Method. So we definitely talk about all those different books. They range from poetry to metaphysical fiction to explaining how to manifest. So that is obviously one thing I bring up with him is his takeaways on manifestation and how we're basically doing it all the time, but how to really leverage that process to create a life that aligns with you and that you love and that fulfills you. And then we also touch on the quantum field, which is so interesting. I love bringing these spiritual topics together with science that just feels so resonant for me. And I feel like that helps get a lot of people on board when they hear how it connects with a lot of studies that they're doing in science. So it's fascinating to hear his takeaway on manifestation in the quantum field. We also talk about parenting, which is something that obviously super resonant for me, but even if you're not a parent, I think the lessons and the takeaways from that conversation are applicable to life in general. I really just love Sean's message of everything is within you and to follow your passions and do the things that make you happy. And just remember to look within and not the external factors for finding your happiness and alignment. I just really, really resonate with that message. So with all that being said, let's go ahead and get into the conversation. I know you guys are going to love this one. Sean, thank you so much for coming on Alignment Adventures. Already from talking to you before we even hit record, I know this is going to be amazing and so insightful for my audience. So thank you so much for coming on. Well, thanks for having me on, Lindsay. I'm I'm excited to uh to see where this conversation goes. The sky's the limit, so. Totally. Well, I'm going to start with the infamous question that is impossible to answer, but we're going to try. And who <laughs> is Sean Randall? Yeah, um, so Sean Randall's uh, uh, a conscious expression of the universe. It's kind of how I think of what my existence is on a very um, sort of macro level. And, you know, within that, I, I feel like, I'm that consciousness's way of trying to learn more about itself and discover itself and its 
as each of us as individuals, we're, we're something unique that the universe is using to play with itself. And so that's kind of how I view um, who I am. And then I, you know, I, I, I get to be different things. So I'm a son and a brother and um, I have my fiance who's um, the core of, of every day for me and what I do is a, 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 it's weird. I think, I think for the first time in my life, the person that I am is, is not dependent on my partner, but is massively influenced by them and their presence. And so um, I feel a tremendous um, joy with getting to, to uh, reciprocate my side of that and be a great partner to her. Um, and then, you know, I'm a, I'm a writer. That's what I, I do for fun. That's what I do for um, my work. And that's what I, I do to try to make a difference. My ultimate purpose is to help people find themselves, who they truly are, and, you know, find their way in the world. It's not the same as uh, my way. And it's not, you know, they won't use the same words or the same language as I do. But it's important that everybody has that sense that of who they are. It's It's this, this question that you ask, we should all, we should all try to answer that. And it, it changes from day to day. Um, and so, yeah, that's who I am. I won't go any further. I think that's a good place to land. Perfect. Beautiful answer. And I agree. We were just talking about the quantum field, which we'll get into later, but if you think about it that way, we're constantly changing and evolving. So trying to answer that question, like you said, it's such a good practice. And I love how you took it from a deep level then to like the identity level of like a son and a fiance. And one more thing on that, I used to say this all the time about finding a partner, like they should be the cherry on top, not your whole world. So just love all the things you're saying so far. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's, it's a weird, you know, it's something I've, I've wrestled with intellectually. My relationship with her is so she's transformed who I am. She's an integral part of, of who I am. The, the, the thought of her not being in my life in the future is a devastating thought. If, if, if I allow myself to, to think about that. Um, and so I go, well, wait a minute, do I have attachments? Do I, what, am I clinging to something here? Mm -hmm. Is, am I looking for something outside of myself in the external world to make me happy and bring me fulfillment? And, you know, the answer is, is yes, there's that, that's what's happening in that moment. It doesn't mean that I'm obligated to, to continue down that path of that thought. And so I can quickly kind of recalibrate and go, wow, what a wonderful gift that it is that I'm able to experience in my life right now. And I'll, I'll keep enjoying it as long as, as long as it exists. So, um, but yeah, it's re relationships and a, a successful relationship is such a a weird thing to navigate when it comes to personal fulfillment because it it's it's just I think probably the most powerful thing we experience is in our, in our human or one of the you know top two or three things that we experience while we're in this life and so um, giving it its proper uh, place is is a a challenge to say the least. Agreed. And I love how you are vulnerable in that attachment. We become so attached to things, but you gave a beautiful example of like being aware of that and then just kind of reframing it and taking it back to gratitude that you have her in your life in this present moment. Cause that's all we ever have mm, yeah. so much goodness right off the bat. <laughs> but before, <laughs> before we get into any more rabbit holes, cause I know we're going to go down so many and I'm so excited for it, but just mm -hmm. kind of give us a taste of what living in alignment means to you. Yeah, it's for me, it's we all have our our these desires in our heart 
and we have this inner voice. And I feel like when we're kids, it's there's there we live in alignment most of the time as children. And it doesn't mean we don't have things that disrupt us or upset us. But what we do is we kind of just we have this inner monologue and we pursue it. And we don't know any better. And as adults, we we forget what that was like. Um, and we get we get distracted by all the stuff that's in the external world, whether it's um, our careers or relationships or even, you know, even something as noble as like, I want to do my life's work and I want to be great at it. And I want to I want to leave this great contribution to um, the world around me. Even that is is potentially a a a um, not a distraction, but it's a gravitational pull away from what's what's truly inside of you and 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 that inner voice. And so it's important or it can be, I should say. Um, so it's important just to listen to um, ourselves and our inclinations and what we what it is that we want to do with our life. And when we're so to me that's alignment is when I hear that voice and then I'm I'm living accordingly. So you know if for example I might be I might be in a taxi cab in Lima traffic with snarling you know engines revving and horns going and it's difficult for me in those moments to be living in alignment. I'm you know but I've learned, well, you're still you're still um, able to think and you're still able to be who you are. And so it's like I, I look at that and I go, well, I'm, I'm learning about myself and I'm learning about the world around me. And I'm able to kind of remove myself from a, a, like a chaotic situation. And so I find I find alignment in that, that, OK, well, what I'm what my purpose is, is to help people deal with these distractions and these you know chaotic things it's it's the most bizarre thing I, you know i fervently believe the universe gives you what you need before it gives you what you want and all i want to do is live like next to a body of water whether it's a, a lake or an ocean and there's not a lot of people around you know just that tranquility and yet i've lived um in lima now for um, a little more than two years and i lived in chicago for 12 years before that so the last 14 years of my life have been in, in modern city environments and it's because it, it, it I, I encounter every day um, the challenges that um, the world puts in front of us to kind of connecting and being ourselves. So, you know, long, long way around the, the track there. But to me, living in alignment is, is that everything that you encounter, you realize it's, it's, it's part of the journey that you're on and just listen to whatever it is that's that's in front of you listen to that voice um and in that moment really kind of connect with yourself that's what living in alignment is what what living out of alignment is is you know my god would these horns stop honking with this traffic let up i just want to get to where i'm going you know why, why can't um things just be the way i, I want them to or you know as a writer if I'm I'm working on something and it's like, well, why can't I just burst through this, break through this writer's block? Why can't I just make this right? And then when I go back and read it, why does it why does it have to suck the first three times I read it? Why can't it just be from my brain to my keyboard? Um, and so living in alignment is just in that moment realizing, well, you're just you're crafting something, you're sculpting, you're you're um, you get to play with words. How incredible is that? And so when they you know when the game doesn't go your way. Um, just realize you take another turn and you go back at it. And so that to me is an alignment is that you persist through the challenges and the struggles that we all face. They're all different for each of us, but we all have them. That's what's universal and realize that it's part of what's 
the universe is giving you what you need to craft who, who you want to be. Um, and so that to me is my, that's, I guess, my personal alignment. Um, and I, I would say that that's, there's some universality there that um, for most of us, it's just being, being in touch with what we truly want and realizing that the things that are happening around us are a, a part of that process. The universe is happening uh, on our behalf in those moments that seem like they're not. Um, if it feels like the universe is not going your way, you are not in alignment, put it that way. And it's, of course, easy to, to feel that way. I love that explanation because a lot of times I know even my mind can get attached to, okay, living in alignment means I'm living like perfectly or doing this perfectly and things don't go perfectly. Like you said, you get what you need in that moment. And that is just such a grounding and freeing way to see your reality as whether it's a high or a low, this is what I need in this moment to step into the next version of myself. And it's not about feeling, you know, high vibe all the time, even though it's amazing when we do, but it's the highs and the lows and just using that to navigate you. So I love that explanation. Yeah. I think, um, it's, it's interesting, you know, for me, one of the, the, the things that I try to impart to students is that when you're when you're trying to manifest and when you're trying to create this life you want you're what you're trying to do is feel a certain way and it's as humans if that's complex we want to feel a lot of different um ways and i think it's the the key is realizing that anything that makes us feel great um however we define that in a given moment that comes from the external world whether it's a great career or a great relationship, a lot of there's a lot of positive things that come from the outside world that are, are great and make us feel great. And then there's there's some things that are potentially de- detrimental. You know, if you eat a candy bar, you feel great for some period of time, but in the long run, if all you eat is candy bars, you're not going to feel great. And the interesting thing that I found in my life, and I found it to be true, um, at least in a majority of our species, is that. The, the things that we get gratification from uh, from the external world, whether they're positive or not, we need more and more and more and more of that to be satisfied and feel the way we want to. Mm-hmm. But when we turn inward and we get those, whatever those, if it's joy or if it's fulfillment or if it's abundance, anything that, we, we're, that we're seeking externally, if we turn inward and, and train ourselves and condition our subconscious to tap into those experiences internally, which we all all can do, you actually need a, you need less and the more you do it, the less and less you need of it, and the longer it lasts. When I started, you know, my meditation practice, personal meditation practice, this is um, during the pandemic, is when I got heavy into it. And I was meditating for like three and four hours. It was a luxury that I had at that time. You know, I needed that at that point. Now I can meditate for five minutes and reset everything. The truth is I can do it in about five seconds. I can reset myself. And that's, but that's because I've done it for hours. That's because I've done it every day. And I think that that, you know, but the key is that you turn inward for what it, whatever it is that you think is lacking or um, isn't happening the way you want to. If you keep, if you keep looking outside of yourself, you're, you might find it. You probably will find it. That's the that's the challenge of the modern world we live in. Is there's so many um, things where we do find great experiences and mm-hmm. we do find pleasure, um, and it's easy to go back to that. And it's harder to go and turn inward to find those things because um, that takes work and it takes vulnerability and it takes um, some upsetting uh, realizations from time to time. 
Um, but when you do that work, then it's it opens up an incredible um, uh, access to to experience whatever you want to, whenever you want to. That's always one of my intentions I write down because it's so easy for me to forget and it makes me mad how easy it is to forget that everything I need is within me. And I'm I'm going through my day and I'm like, you know, oh, I wish I had this or that, that more trap that you just talked about. So yeah. easy to fall into that more, more, more. But then I just stop and remind myself, okay, everything I need is within me. So do you have any tips on like, remembering that and creating like that lasting feeling and connection inside yourself to like, okay, everything is within me. Is that like a meditative thing? Maybe we can connect it to that or any tips you have on just embodying that more. So I think, I think that skill of remembering and kind of turning yourself inward as opposed to externally, it's just, it's practice. Yeah. And so it's, you know, there's this tricky thing that happens with our emotions and that so I'm trying, I'm trying to think of a, a very common real world example. Uh, you're, you're late for something. For those of you who are never bothered by being late, I'm sorry, this example will go over your head, but, <laughs> but many of us are, are uh, when we're running late for something, it, it creates stress or anxiety. And so I, and that's a big one for me. That's why it pops into the front of my head. And so it's easy for me in that scenario to forget that I have everything that I need in, in, internally. Um, and, and the importance that I'm personally placing on being on time isn't nearly as important as I, I think it is. And whatever the outcome of me being late for that, I have the solution inside of me. It's just, it's, it's, there's some other opportunity that will occur. I, I, the way I, that specific thing, I trained myself that the, the most powerful thing you can do when you're late is apologize and express gratitude for the other person's patience. So I was in I was in real estate before I, I came to Lima and I've been living here. And so what a beautiful moment and opportunity you have with a client or a colleague or anything like that, just to set the tone of who you are. And it just it changes everything. But I will I lived my life for years not being able to capitalize on those opportunities. And now flash forward, I'm a I'm a dramatically different person. I still struggle with the same thing. I still get upset about um being on time like it's just it's it's hardwired into my subconscious and so i i think whenever there's something like you know what you're talking about it's like i have to remind myself that everything i i need is internally whatever it, it's different for everyone and so you know it's just a matter of realizing what when you when you're taken out of that the quicker that you realize you've been taken out of that just finding something that that can put you back into that um, place. And so, you know, I think there's um, verbal cues and physical cues are are mm. really, really important with that. that. That's just part of how we're um, wired as humans. And so, you know, if you forget that everything's internally, you know, think of a phrase that'll, that'll remind you, um, you know, silly rabbit tricks are for kids. I don't, I don't know what it is, <laughs> but some, something like that, that when you catch, you catch yourself, you can do it. But the first thing I said is really the, the key is that you just that you practice it, that you're aware that this is this something that you want to do. Um, and then you do it over and over and over again. Yeah, it's like any other training. You just kind of go and you train and you build that muscle, per se. I feel like this is a really good lead into something that you teach on a lot. And that is manifestation, because from my understanding of manifestation, it's about feeling those feelings, right? Which we kind of already touched on, which we already have within us. And then that kind of matches what's in the quantum field. 
from my interpretation. So I'd love to hear like your explanation of that. I'm definitely not qualified to talk about the quantum field, but it fascinates me. <laughs> well, Anything here's you want to yeah, share on this subject. Yeah, here's here's the cool thing is none of us are really qualified to talk about the <laughs> quantum field. The people who are most quant I am not a quantum physicist. I think that's important <laughs> to say from from the outset. And the people who are what they the more that they know about quantum physics, the 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 more mis mystery is involved in it and the less that they um, can speak with authority on it. And people who do speak with authority on it get nervous. And that's probably true about most things in life is people who are really super confident and speak with authority. Be, be, put your put your radar up. Those are usually yeah. the people steering civilization off the cliff. Um, but with all that said, one of the things that's um, kind of uh, been a driving force for the work that I've done in this and, and um, you know, I have a book coming out called The Manifestation Method, is I, I would hear people all the time, they would be talking about positive thinking or the law of attraction and manifestation. Those things get lumped together. And I would hear I, all the time I hear this and, and it makes me it makes me cringe is I can't tell you how it works. I can just tell you that it does. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, that feels that feels so good. But I think to the question you just asked, it's like, well, if, how do I remember to look inward? It's like, well, you need a you need a process. You need to practice that. And so manifestation is harnessing the quantum energy that that surrounds every single thing that's in existence. And existence itself is is consciousness. Mm. So, you know, matter as we think of it, the picture um, that I see in front of me as I, I talk to you, um, you know, the coffee mug that I've been drinking from, th that stuff is made of energy. It's not made of stuff. That's the breakthrough of the 20th century is that stuff isn't stuff anymore and it's energy. And once you, once you start to realize that everything's made out of energy, it occurs to you that maybe you should start to understand how that directly relates to you in your life. And that's what manifestation is, is realizing that you, you are part of an energy field that is infinite and boundless. And without having a choice, you are tapped into it, wired into it, connected to it. The choice is whether you use it or not. And so, um, you know, what, what quantum energy is, is it's everything. So I try to, I try to stay there as opposed to get to a, to a really super technical explanation of it. And manifestation is simply directing that energy to condition your subconscious mind, your conscious mind, so that your behaviors turn yourself into the person that you want to be. So if you see a video on Instagram and it says, you know, put re, re, like, share, and comment, and you'll have a million dollars in your bank account by March 1st, if you manifest it, um, there's a fancy technical word for that. It's called bullshit. Um, what manifestation is, is, you know, realizing your place in the universe and, and realizing that you're all powerful and that you can change the outcome of what's happening in your life. And you do that um, through uh, the conditioning of your mind and the, the building of who you are as a person and becoming the best version of the person that the universe has, has created you to be. And, you know, so I think that, you know, the question you're asking in terms of quantum possibility in that quantum field, you know, going back to the, you know, like quantum particles exist within a, like anything's possible and then suddenly they become something um 
you know, certain um, molecules will take a thousand years to decay and certain will take 500 years to decay. And so we realized that any, anything can happen in the world of uh, quantum physics. And we realized that these particles with all these infinite possibilities don't actually become something until they're observed. That's mind blowing. So once we met, try to measure them, observe them, they, they spontaneously become something. And so we don't really fully understand how all that works. And then that also flies in the face of relativity and um, the way that the larger universe works. The larger universe doesn't work like that at all. Um, and so um, in the scope of the things that are in the larger universe, they tend to be, um, uh, they, you know, Einstein would, Einstein's theory of relativity and his perspective, his perspective of time was that everything has already happened mm -hmm. and we're resting on the, the knife's edge of now mm -hmm. and the past is on one side and the future is on the other side. And if we try to step to one side or the other, the knife just moves with us. You're just, you're always in now. Um, which is true. And there's a very powerful truth in that when you realize that, you know, you're always now, tomorrow never comes. The quantum world is, is a flies completely in the face of that. And what the quantum world says is that whatever is can become something different. We just, we don't know what it is. And we, it's essentially infinitely possible. So the different realities that um, we experience in life, they all exist simultaneously across an infinite field. And the question is, how do we get to the ones we want versus the ones that we we don't want? And that's what manifestation is. And I think, you know, an analogy I, I like to give is um, when it comes to manifestation and kind of even to the question that you start with is, you know, who is Sean Randall? What is alignment? Mm -hmm. Well, I th think of a chessboard. And so you've got all the squares within the square and then just start stacking chessboards side by side to the left and to the right. And then each of those chessboards has, you know, horizontally and vertically, they have chessboards going out all the other direction. And so now mm -hmm. visually you have this infinite field of a chessboard. And then quantum possibility is that that layer of chessboards actually has another layer above it and it has another layer below it and so on and so forth. And so when the, the question is, what, what piece are you on that chessboard? That's what the that's what the external world conditions us as humans to think. Are you a pawn that can move one square at a time? Not very powerful and not very meaningful. Maybe you're a knight. You can make the cool little L-shaped moves or you're a bishop. You can go in any um, any distance you want, but you've got to go diagonally and a rook, the same thing, but you can only go vertically or horizontally. Um, and the queen can go any direction, any amount, but her sole purpose is to protect the king. And so, you know, a lot of us spend our time feeling like pawns and trying to be queens or kings. Mm -hmm. And what manifestation is, is realizing that you're the chess player. You're not the piece on the board. And mm -hmm. you move the pieces and you determine uh, which squares your pieces land on. And, you know, you can move from one board to the next board. And, you know, in fact, when you get really good at manifestation, you're like, well, I don't want to move my knight in an L shape. I want to move my knight diagonally and vertically. And I want actually my pawns to be queens. And so that's, that's the, the layer of it. And that's, you know, I, I think I probably um, overshot the question um, no. and, and, and went wide, but you know, it's, it's a difficult thing to answer. It, it just, it comes from um, 
comes from understanding that anything that anything is possible in this universe. We live in a probabilistic universe. Everything is cause and effect. And so when you realize that you can actually control the causes um, and the effects, then you've acquired the power of manifestation. That was a perfect answer. So many things I want to say, but what I find so interesting, you know, this is such a hot topic. Everyone's talking about manifesting. What I find interesting is that we are innately manifesting all the time. It's just like a matter of being aware of it and being intentional with it. Yeah. It's just that I think that's the key piece. Like you said, when you realize how limitless you are, you're like, okay, this is the reality I perceive, but there is so much more that I like just don't understand. And so many of the things you said, it just like takes a minute for my mind to absorb it. Like we are all energy and there's only the present moment. And I just find that stuff so fascinating, but tapping into it and being intentional with it, I feel like is the key with manifestation. Yeah. Well, you, you said something uh, that is, is so profoundly true. And that is that we are all innately manifesting. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, whether we, whether we are aware of it or not, we're, we're creating the outcomes of our lives. And, and, you know, the alignment question, right? Part of when we know we're in alignment is when we feel like we're not in control, right? The world is spinning around us outside of our control. Um, And that just comes from a misperception of, of what, our our the nature of our existence and our place within the universe truly mm-hmm. is and and you know i think it's like you know if you're if you're if you're swimming in the ocean and a big massive wave is coming your way and you're like oh i better get out of the way and then you're like but i can't get out of the way so you know you figure out you either swim or you duck or you do whatever you want well the ocean doesn't worry about the wave the ocean is the wave and you know that's that's roomy. We're not a drop uh, in the ocean. We are the ocean in a drop. And the closer you can get to feeling that experience on a moment-to-moment basis, the more you'll be in alignment. The more you'll enjoy your life. And that's you know, and and that's when you're manifesting yourself as to who you want to be. And I think it's um, you know, it's it's a it's a journey, and it's it's something that you it's easy to decide you don't want to do it. Mm. That's really what it comes down to. It's much easier to decide I'll let the wave hit me and whatever happens will happen. Yeah. And, you know, and, and there's nothing, there's nothing intrinsically wrong about with that either. Um, but it's just, a, it's a matter of saying that I'm going to let go of feeling like there's a wave coming. Um, I'm going to surrender to the, the mm. human experience that I'm having in this moment and realize that that's not the nature of my reality. The experience that I'm feeling is the, con- the subconscious programming that I've been conditioned for since I was the time I was a child. Um, you know, our, our, most, most of our parents love us. We're, we're, you know, that's the nature of our species. And most of our parents are really bad at raising children. And part of that is because their parents are really bad at raising children. And, and, Saying that somebody's really bad at raising children is probably hyperbolic on my point, uh, on my part. Uh, but it, what it comes down to is, uh, children don't need to be raised, right? We don't, you know, we don't need to be fixed and molded and mm-hmm. taught the way that that we perceive. Um, we do that for our, we need to do that to ourselves, and that's a human instinct is for us to correct and steer other people, and 
I, you know, I still fall into this trap. It's like, once I've learned something, man, do I want to talk about it? Man, do I want to tell everybody else about it? And, and that's great. And when, the, and when people are open to it and want to talk about it with me, like today, this is fantastic. I, I have a euphoric feeling, but the reality is it's not my responsibility, nor my obligation, nor something that anybody else needs for me to, to, you know, impart what I've learned because what I've learned is different than what they, they need to know. Um, all of our experiences are um, completely independent of that. And I think, you know, I had a friend who told me, I don't remember why, um, this was years ago, and but we were just talking about parenting and it was the most profound um, advice I had heard about parenting and about living life, all in one says mm-hmm. phrase. And he said, the, the purpose of a parent is to help the child become themselves. And I was just like, wow, mind blown, right? And, and it, you know, I, I carry, I didn't, I didn't have kids at the time. I still don't soon. Uh, but I was like, man, that's, that's all of our jobs for ourselves. And so, but what happens, unfortunately, when we're young and when we're children is that our parents and our family members and well-meaning members of society try to prevent us from the negative experiences that they've had. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, they're, they're giving us all kinds of subconscious conditioning, well-meaning, that doesn't serve us um, and is, is in contrast to um, our true nature. And I think as the world becomes more populated and as we live in more populated community-oriented places, there's a lot of benefit that comes from that. But I, I have lived it and I've experienced it enough to know that if you really want to find yourself, go stand on top of a mountain when there's nobody else around. Um, and it doesn't mean you're, you know, that you hate people or that you don't understand community or anything like that, but, but being by yourself, um, and you can do it with closed eyes in a dark room, um, as well. You don't have to go to a, a mountain, but that getting as close as you can to yourself and just listening to yourself, um, and listening, frankly, listening to the nonsense that goes on in your brain all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, having that conversation with yourself and, and sorting those things out, that's, that's really, really um, crucial. Well, as someone that just had a baby seven months ago, that is something that is hyper in my awareness after, you know, I have all these conversations all the time and I'm like, wow, we pick up so much from our childhood and it really is just like a transfer of trauma sometimes. So I'm just, I try to be as aware as, as I can. I know I'm going to give them some complexes. I'm like, okay, hopefully I'll just give them the tools to work through that. But that's such a good point that you've made. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, it's interesting you talk about traumatic experiences. And I think, you know, what we feel is trauma, most of us, what we feel is mm-hmm. trauma, you start to look at experiences that other people have and the conditions that other people um, have experienced. And you're like, wow, my traumas are not really traumas. But they are traumas, and we we they have a profound uh, impact on us. I think what's what's really difficult. The traumas are not once you once you're honest about them. This happened to me, and I it, I didn't realize it at the time, but it's I'm still doing stupid things as an adult because this happened. Those are those are kind of like obvious and easy answers to find. What's really what's really tricky is like you know why don't I why don't I want to get out of bed and go exercise first thing in the morning. I I wrote that in my journal, you know, well, there's little things that 
is conditioning that behavior that isn't, isn't some horrific um, trauma or some uh, error in judgment by your parents. There's just little things that we've picked up on. And I think what's really scary um, now, um, you know, I sense it as an adult, what we're, we're, we have all these information appliances, our TVs, our smartphones, just we're constantly being bombarded by information. There's no, we're not capable of consciously processing all that. Um, so our, our subconscious mind is being programmed and it's, it's, it's taking in all this information. Well, now our children are being, and for some generations now are being raised in that same environment. So there's, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's happening um, in the world around us that's um, affecting us. And so the, the key is to, to figure out, okay, well, how do I find a way to get in, inside of myself um, and then still live in this thing called existence and, and the universe? Um, you know, I, I, I was having this conversation with a student a couple years ago and, and they, re, like, they wanted to be a Buddhist monk they really, they like, that's, they were like, if I could just do this, I would, you know, and then I would, re, I would have inner peace and contentment and I could just leave the world behind. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think there's a, there's some percentage of humans who were created to be Buddhist monks and that, that truly is their fulfilling place and calling. For most of us, we would, I don't know, three weeks, three months, three minutes. It, it's not, it's, it's like, it's not nearly, it won't end up being nearly as appealing as it feels like it will. Um, mm. You know, it's like, it's like the picture of heaven where everybody's lying in green grass playing a harp next to a sheep. Yeah. Well, do that for five minutes and then tell me if you really actually want to do it. Yeah. And, you know, so I think that that's the, that's the challenge. That's the core of what I try to um, learn about myself and figure out every day. It's like, you know, I, we do have this, this crazy modern world around us that has, um, so much um, excitement, right? And yeah. this conversation we're having, a, you know, across the globe, we're on different continents having a conversation in yes. real time. And that's, a, that's incredible. I don't, so I don't want to trade that so that we're all, you know, um, sitting on the mountaintop with, you know, our, our middle finger and our thumb pressed together um, for, for some sort of like, illusion of peace because i don't i don't think that's really truly what peace is i th i think what peace is is you know being yourself and doing what you're what you are designed to do what you want to do the true instincts mm -hmm. that you have um you know uh, alan watts said that man suffers because um he takes seriously what the gods made for fun mm -hmm. and you know i think um i think that that's that's the condition of the modern world that we live in is we're, we're taking something way too seriously um, that is ultimately so much fun. Um, and so the same thing, same thing with kids. I, I think, you know, we want our kids to go to school and we want our kids to kind of find professions and vocations and, and be successful and have well-adjusted happy lives. And we don't want them to, fall off their bikes without a helmet and, you know, all, all kinds of crazy things that we, we, we don't want for them. And the, the truth is that it's, it's not, it's, first of all, it's not in any of our control um, whatsoever. And, you know, I think of, um, I, I that there's, there's no thing that can happen to any of us that can, that is irreparably harmful short of dying dying is a, yeah. is a 
you know, dying is a, a, a mysterious aspect of our existence that it, yeah. I don't have an answer for um, making that feel better when it happens, right? It's, it's, a, it's a traumatic loss that can't be recovered from. But everything short of that, let's just start yeah. there, you know, is a learning opportunity and it's an opportunity to grow. And I think sometimes the things that we prevent for, you know, and we're talking about children, it might as well be allegory for ourselves. We do it, we do, we put the same guardrails on our, our own lives. Yes. And when we, when we do that, we don't realize that we're actually kind of corralling ourselves in from better opportunities and um, things that we would uh, experience more joy from. No, this is so, this is such a powerful conversation to have, because I agree, we still have that like child within us. So this is applicable, whether you're a parent or not. And a question I always seem to go towards with my guests, and I just feel like it always connects back to this, everything that we've discussed, do you feel like discovering our true nature, finding inner peace? Is that our purpose? Like, that's just something I wonder all the time. Like, why? Why do we come here, get conditioned, and then work on getting unconditioning ourselves, like, and remembering who we truly are? I would just love to hear your take on that. Like, do you think that's our true purpose? Or do you think we all came here with unique purposes along with that? Or I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. So you're, I think you're, I think you're asking me two things yes. in, in one question. <laughs> and so the first, the first, way I'll answer it is that our purpose changes. This was, this was something that changed my life. You know, I, I felt like, I felt like I was, my true calling was kind of always elusive. Like I had things that I was really engaged with and, and enjoyed as a young adult and, and was successful vocationally. Um, and at different times had more or less meaning in those things. But I, I always felt like, well, the thing that I'm really supposed to be doing, I'm, I'm probably not doing and I don't I don't know exactly what that is there's things that I'm good at there's things that I would if if money were no object I would spend my time doing um and and I think that there's I I think that that's I think that that's a condition we all deal with and I think one of the things that one of the things we have to realize is that our purpose changes all the time my purpose when I was 12 is not the same as my purpose now because I I wasn't capable of doing when I was 12, what I'm capable of, of doing now. Uh, my purpose as my partner's fiance didn't exist before I met her. Um, mm. But it's a, it is a massive driving um, force of meaning in my life. And so the universe provides, you know, the universe is, is giving us what we need before it gives us what we want. And part of that is because it's, it has roles that we will, be, we will have to step in and fill. It's our choice whether we, we meet the moment or not. Um, you can't be forced to do anything. Um, but there's, there's these, you know, situations that arise and we tend to think of them as, as bigger blocks, career, my opportunity to be a partner, my opportunity to be a parent, those things. Well, those, the, those purposes and roles that are big like that are, there's small ones that are happening all the time. That, per, that person that you're, um, you know, walking past on the street, who's asking for some money. They don't need money from you. They need something else. And what that is, only you can decide. I, I've got some ideas in my brain. I don't want to speak them because it's the reality is the universe gave you a moment right there to provide mm -hmm. a purpose. Mm -hmm. And it's not to either, it's not to cast judgment on them and it's or and it's not to feel great about yourself because you took money out of your pocket and gave it, gave it to them. There, there's something else 
layered in that interaction that's available for you. You know, if you, um, my, my fiance had a, a good friend who found three puppies in the trash and, um, we, we, we inherit, you know, puppies, they were, they were probably about 10 days old when we got them. their eyes weren't open. And so, um, they had to be hand fed. They didn't have their, their, uh, mother. And so my fiance was waking up throughout the night, every two hours to do this. And I, I remember, and I'm, I'm, I'm being awakened by it, but I'm not w- waking up and participating in this in any, any shape or form. And I thought, man, this is not fun. This is not easy. But I, and, and my fiance was exhausted after doing this and, but she had, she had this, just, you know, this purpose, right. That was brought into her life by the universe mm-hmm. to do that. And, and, um, you know, we, so then, you know, the next layer of that story is we put the word out that we were looking for a substitute mom, another, you know, dog that had had a litter that could provide milk for the puppies. Mm-hmm. And we, we found one that had somebody had, um, observed this dog that had been abandoned on the street, but she had milk. And so we took her in and, um, she was, you know, it's like she, she comes in the house and she like, she sees the puppies and she's like, she doesn't know are those your puppies or my puppies. What's, what's going on. She has no idea. And, um, you know, the, the long story short, she didn't have very much, um, milk for them. And, she didn't the first like it was like more than 24 hours she was with us she didn't go to the bathroom and then finally she went to the bathroom and there was some pee pee but there was also you know blood staining the white mm-hmm. she's a husky so she had this you know beautiful long white fur mm-hmm. and it was like oh we've got Houston we have a, a problem here and um so we you know she ended up having um retained placenta and her uterus had to be removed mm. and it turns out her spleen was swollen like five times the size of normal so that had to be removed and so well what's you know what was the purpose of those puppies being abandoned in the trash well was it to get to my fiance so that we could get this dog i i didn't help help the other dog out that we probably would have died with it the vet said that she didn't have more than a couple of weeks um, of life had she been out on the street and um you know I, I that dog was the most amazing dog that i've ever interacted with seeing her go through that battle and and she couldn't give milk but she was like licking the peepee and taka behind the puppies and she was letting mm-hmm. them you know suckle and climb all over her mm-hmm. and you know here's somebody there's this is a dog that was clearly a pet before so it had been abandoned it either lost her litter by it being pulled away from her or she may have miscarried we don't know that um and i watched this dog transform after the surgery into this like vibrant giving amazing creature filled with joy and and we'd go on these walks and she would chase the birds and she almost pulled Mm -hmm. us off a cliff where i live is um near the ocean here in, in lima and there's these like hilly cliffs and there's this path that I, I would take and she literally like darted through the hedge with me in tow and um, almost pulled us off a cliff chasing this bird. But I, it, it's like, and she was constantly, wherever we would walk, she wanted to go to the next phase. And then I, one day we went to the beach and she was off leash, just like cruising down the beach, you know, over the waves as they came in. And I'm watching this and I'm like, she doesn't know she can fly. She can't fly. <laughs> this dog doesn't know that she doesn't have wings. And I thought, man, she's right. I'm wrong. 
you mm. know? And so, so when you talk about purpose, like mm. was, you know, what was the purpose of all this stuff to happen? Well, I, I grew an immense amount. And then what do I, what do I do with those experiences? So the ripple effect becomes crazy. And this yeah. is, you know, this is all because somebody ran into some puppies that, that is, this is horrible, right? Abandoned mm-hmm. puppies. Can you think of a more heartless mm-hmm. moment? So, but somebody, somebody, for whatever reason, was in a, a low vibrational state that, that did that. And so we can find purpose in any. The point of my story is we can find purpose in anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the second part of what you asked is the bigger question of the why are, yeah. why are we here? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that that's knowable. <laughs> uh, and the way that we, the way that we um, experience knowledge, but I think so. Every everything that exists is consciousness. Yeah. You know, we we live the the everything that we experience, we're experiencing consciously, and that's because everything that exists is a conscious experience, and that conscious experience can only come from one thing, and that's another conscious experience. And I, you know, I think. You know, now it's like it's become popular to say, well, like we could be we could all be this computer simulation. Mm -hmm. That could be true. I don't I don't have any reason to know that that isn't true. Um, There's I can't remember the professor's name, but this came from um, professor who who actually logically deduced that it's more likely that we're living in a a computer simulation than we're not just from a a probabilistic standpoint. Um, So. You know, then you would go, well, why, why did the person make that computer simulation? And, and you can't answer that question, right? We, you, until you're outside of the c- computer simulation, you can't answer it. And I think, so I don't believe that we're living in a computer simulation, right? but we're living in a stream of consciousness. And that consciousness has, cho- whether it had a choice or not to exist, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but within that, it has, a, it has um, the ability to create. And so it's created things that can also create. And so I think, I think the why we're here is so that consciousness can figure out how it works and, and, and to, and to play with itself. That's, I, I, that's what I come down to. Yeah. And, you know, is that, that trying to find out why might be why. (laughs) <laughs> you know the experience of it right not that mm-hmm. we have to have that answer but the experience of um getting to sort through all this and the getting to talk to one another and communicate and um and and figure things out and then realizing mm-hmm. and then realizing that you know um the the thing that is so profoundly um confusing is maybe not nearly as confusing maybe it just maybe it just is because it is yeah you know well thank you for going on that journey with me because i agree we probably we won't have the answer but it's just so interesting to think about and back to your purpose i agree it could be something as small as you know helping these puppies or as big as you know helping millions of people it changes day by day and that it's just comforting for me to think about that. Like I didn't come here for one specific thing and I'm not going to like miss that thing. If I'm not paying attention to it, I came here to do millions of different things that are going to affect everyone else. And when it comes to simulation, that is something I've been thinking about a lot recently. 
<laughs> I used to play The Sims a lot as a child. I don't know if you're familiar with that game, but it's literally like playing life. I'm like, oh my gosh, what if I'm the Sim? And then going back to another thing you said, if that's true, if this is a simulation, like why would I not be having more fun? Why would I not be prioritizing fun and creation yeah. over all these other things that I worry about? <laughs> Just funny to think about. Uh, so yeah, abs absolutely. Yeah, I think that's, I think, um, I, I, I think at least, at least for me, that was a monumental turning point is when I realized I didn't have one purpose. I had as many as yes. um, I could possibly imagine. Um, but, you know, and that's not to say that we don't have a true calling. I, I think we do, we do have things that are, um, that we're uniquely gifted and designed to do that, that, um, not only do we have the talent, there's this burning desire and passion. And we, you know, so I think we find them, we find them by accident normally. It's yeah. like, you know, I, if you think of like a, a virtuoso um, musician, you know, their parents just happen to have a piano, right? And mm -hmm. they were, they just happen to kind of sit there and, and kind of stumble into it. But when the, you know, Mozart wasn't like, I want to grow up and be Mozart, <laughs> you know, and it's, you know, somebody like, you know, Michael Jordan or LeBron James, who, are, are dramatic so dramatically gifted at something that yeah. is so is so it's it's a it's objectively easy to identify the talent and and yeah. see what they are um but we we all have something that we're michael jordan at um it's just it's 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 harder for most of us to kind of find it and but there's something that um lights each of us up you know for me it's it's writing nothing lights me up like writing and and um, being able to craft words and, um, and do that. So, um, agreed. Just following your passion. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I think that's what the, I think that's what the, the, the fun of life, if you look at it is, is, is that you get to find what mm -hmm. that is. Um, and it's a choice. Am I, am I going to be miserable until I find it? Or am I going to enjoy everything that I do along the way to kind of figure out what it is? And I, you know, I, will be vulnerable and say, I, I was miserable for years trying to figure out what it was. Um, and that was my subconscious programming. So. Well, this is a beautiful lead into my last few questions for you. Okay. You're a writer. So tell us a little bit about how people, I'm sure they're going to listen to this and be like, we want more of Sean and his energy. Like how can they connect with you and work with you mainly through your books or do you have other things that you do as well? Yeah. So um, the best place to, to find everything I do is my website. It's www.shawn, S-H-A-U-N, dash Randall, R-A-N-D-A-L-L.com. Um, so you can find my books there. Uh, and then I do work with students. I've got, you know, programs to um, teach manifestation um, and help people kind of discover who their what their true nature is. And, and then, you know, I, I help people visualize and plan their um, path forward. That's, that's what I think my, my best skill is, is, is teaching people how to manifest and then guide them to actually doing it. That's, you know, I, I don't work with students and, and tell them to think about a million dollars being in their bank account. And then just, we hope it gets there. So we, we figure out who it is that we're trying to become and then put a, a path in place. Um, you know, my writing is, so I, I, I write different things. My, um, my first two books are poetry. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm a, a poet by, um, by birth, I guess. I, I started, my dad was in, in radio and television. And, and I, I would remember like as a little, little kid, I would, I would write these little jingles and these little like um, uh, plugs and commercials. And I would pitch them to my dad. 
Um, none of them ever got anywhere, but um, <laughs> I started writing things that rhyme when I was a very, very young um, child. And, and I, I just, I love poetry because um, you can take something that's incredibly mysterious and, and a few phrases, um, you, you can't necessarily, you, you don't necessarily unravel the, the mystery, but you make somebody um, realize that there's a common experience that we're all having within that. And, um, you know, uh, I, I think that's what poetry is, is it's, it's using, it's, it's, it's painting pictures to help people kind of um, understand the experiences that they're having and realize that they're not alone um, and, and connect. So I, I, I've always loved poetry. So my first two books were poetry. And then uh, my latest release at the end of last year is called Letters from Lima. And that's a metaphysical novel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, it's a, uh, you know, I, the thing, I, the thing I, I, I don't like to give away plot points of the book. I want people to actually mm-hmm. read it and experience it, but it's, it's about, it's about um, the human experience um, of, you know, what I said before, that the universe will give you what you need before mm-hmm. it gives you what you want. And so you have um, Colin Allweather, who's this um, expat from Chicago, and he's a hard drinker, and he's had kind of a, a, a tough life um, internally and emotionally. He's, he's career-wise and material, he's successful, but he feels miserable and he's depressed. And he's um, in Lima, and then Carolyn Grant, who's also from Chicago, has gone to Lima to find her uh, estranged uncle, her grandmother has sent her to find uh, this jewelry box that her estranged uncle has because she wants to, there's something important in it that she wants to pass on. And so it's this kind of coincidental meeting, these two collide. And um, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to unravel the plot points, mm-hmm. but it, 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 you know, there's, there's a love story between the two of them that unfolds and it's, it's about how do we relate to our families? It's about how do we um, find what we want in life. And it's about how do we um, experience inner peace and find, you know, it's all the stuff that we've been been talking about, but it's in the, in the form of a story and it's set in Lima. And, you know, I came, this is, this is probably the thing that's um, important to know about the book and really kind of where I'm at in life. I came to Lima in March of 2020 and I was taking a vacation. I was a real estate agent in Chicago and it was, you know, towards the end of winter and springtime is the busy time of, of that business there. And so I wanted to break and I wanted to get out of the cold. So I, I went south of the equator where it was summertime and I met my now fiance, spoiler alert, um, on that trip. And I remember sitting in the airport on the way back and she had given me this um, leather place I still wear right here. And mm-hmm. it's got this infinity symbol on it. You probably can't see it very good. And I remember sitting in the airport looking down and I thought, man, can that, can that be true? Because I, for the first time in a long, long, long time, I felt that way about our connection, that there's, there's, that I'm a part of something that's massively um, greater than anything I could ever really want and need. And I'd been through a lot um, of kind of self-inflicted harm for the decade before that, but I'd been working and putting the pieces together and had done so kind of going into that. So I, I was going back to Chicago, it was March 10th, and I was going to dive into my career and have a great um, spring season. I was looking forward to, you know, going back and forth um, to pursue this new relationship I had happened. And by the time I got back in the next weekend, the city of Chicago and um, my career and the world was all shut down. And um, it, it was like, well, everything is 
outside of my control in this moment. And, you know, that's, it was, that was the gift um, of my lifetime because I, I realized that the things, the things that I um, wanted in life, I could only find them inside of me and that everything that we think we want, that we can just feel in the palm of our hands and grab, it can slide through your fingers in a, in a moment's notice if it's in the external world. So that's when I started, I took that time and I started really diving into writing and I started meditating three, four hours a day. And I was in a, a car ride um, back from Florida. I had driven down there from Chicago. It's about a 20 hour um, car ride. And again, this is during the pandemic. So, I, you know, I, I didn't want to, I was going to see my, my dad and I didn't want to, um, you know, be exposed to mm -hmm. virus or anything like that. And mm -hmm. so on this car ride back, um, you know, I was just sorting through all kinds of things and you've got the, you know, the headlights are coming in the night and all of a sudden these two characters, Colin Allweather and Carolyn Grant just started talking in my head out of nowhere. I'm like, and I'd felt, I'd felt that kind of creative inspiration before, but I'm driving, I'm on the highway. I can't, I can't write right now. And so I'm, I immediately start to freak out um, that like, oh my God, I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose this. I'm not going to get this. And then I, I just, I stopped and I thought about it and I said, well, this is the culmination of everything that you've been working on to tap into quantum energy and manifest. It's just, it's happening right now. And you're not going to prevent it from continuing to happen by being worried about losing it. Because if you do lose it, it'll come again. Like mm. that was the kind of this transformative moment where I'm like, you know, everything I need, I have, and it's, it's all, it's all within me. And it's whatever's happening in the external world is just the universe's way of prying it out of me. And um, so I, I, you know, about 15, 20 minutes, thankfully I was close to my, you know, I don't want to sound uh, uh, too miraculous with, with remembering. I was about 20 minutes away from the hotel. I got to the hotel and, and got this conversation um, kind of pulled out of thin air and that, you know, um, was the beginning of the book. And it was also that, that same trip was also me deciding, you know, instead of when the borders opened for flights, I wasn't going to come visit, um, Elliot, my fiance, I was actually just, I was going to come down here and see what happened next. Mm. And so that's, that's what letters from, that's where it came from was, um, those experiences I had kind of pre pandemic and, and, and the pandemic. And it's, it's that anything can happen. Um, if you, if you're open to it, if you're able to receive it, if you let yourself, um, be treated by the universe, then, um, amazing, great things will happen. And, and, you know, for me, the, the cool thing, you know, I was a writer before I wrote that book, but I wasn't, I, I, you know, I hadn't written a novel and, mm -hmm. and by the end of it, I was somebody who could write a novel. And so who I became in the process of it and um, is, is pretty empowering. And that's really what Letters from Lima is about is, is the external world um, and the seeming, the seemingly endless stream of bullshit that can be thrown at us in our modern chaotic worlds. And what do we, what is it that we do with it? Because we do have a choice um, at the end of the day. And, and, um, so it's a powerful story. It's, it's, it'll make you laugh. It'll definitely make you cry. I've, I've, I've been, I've had some of my um, most austere friends tell me that the book <laughs> made them cry. They couldn't believe it. So um, it's just, it's a, it's a powerful uh, emotional story. And um, the, the book that's coming out soon is called the manifestation method. So that's a work of nonfiction. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's a lot of what we've been talking about, but what I, mm -hmm. what I, you know, the source of it is, 
Um, it's, it's a comprehensive system. It tells you how to manifest. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't tell you to, um, you know, do positive thinking and hope for the best. It's a, it's a system of practical, um, knowledge and information. And I, it's, it's great when I get, to, I've been working with students with these, um, ideas, um, for a couple of years now, which helps me kind of hone it in and, and figure it all out and, and work through what the book became. But I thought, you know, at some point I'm not going to be here and, um, you know, this book is, it's kind of, you know, I, I, as, there's a part of me that, that I feel like, um, my work won't be done, but I'll feel like there, there'll be a piece of me that feels like I've imparted the best that I have learned up to this point in my life. Um, it's available for, for anybody, you know, it's not for everybody, but it'll help a lot of people. And my work's not done, but it's, I, I feel like it's a, um, it, if, let me put it this way. If I died today, I, I would I would feel like I left something um, I left something uh, behind, or or not not left something unfinished. And mm -hmm. um, you know, that's to me, it's it's uh, my life's work is to help people find their true calling, find their purpose, and then realize that they can kind of you know just by being themselves they can take control of their future and live the life that they want to live and so that's that's what manifestation method is is how do you bring abundance joy and fulfillment into your life incredible thank you for sharing your journey because i think we need more examples of that other minds do to remind us that it's about like flowing through life and like being okay with uncertainty and you know, sometimes things just come to you and trusting that and being open and being curious. That was just such a beautiful example of all of those things. And I'm adding letters from Lima to my list. Dude. What's interesting is I have a nudge recently to like take a break from self-help books or spiritual books and like read more. Yeah. I mean, this could be a spiritual book, but read more like fiction. And that's just yeah. like perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah, that's great. Well, I, I, I will look forward to talking to you privately about, about your thoughts afterwards on it. And that's, you know, that's, I, it's interesting. I, I was talking with an agent and then another conversation with a publicist, and this is um, almost a year ago and about what I do and what I write. And, and they were both just like, yeah, I don't know how to, I don't know how to market that. I can't market a poet, novelist, um, nonfiction writer. And I thought, well, that's not, you know, that's, that's, that's too bad. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to like, you know, I'm not going to just do one thing, um, yeah. you know, and um, I'm not the first writer to write different kinds of material. And the, 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 the core of my message and the purpose of why I write doesn't change just the yeah. vehicle in which I, I use. And, you know, there's people who, who can't stand poetry, you know, they would never, they would never read my poetry books. They would never get anything out of it. Yeah. Um, but they'll pick up letters from Lima and they'll be like, wow, this story is transformative and powerful. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's, there's other people that, that they would never be able to extract meaning from a nonfiction or from a fiction novel, but they would read a, a fiction book, mm -hmm. or a I can't speak, mm -hmm. a nonfiction book, um, that's more pre prescriptive and that's perfect for them. And yeah. so, um, you know, I, I like the different formats. I, you know, my passion, um, is I, I don't know how many nonfiction books I'll, I'll write in my life. It'll be less than the amount of um, fiction and, and poetic works. There's something about, um, it, you know, particularly when I write, 
um, I'm, I'm trying to get people to think about the nature of reality and their nature, the nature yeah. of their existence mm -hmm. within it. And I'm, I'm, I don't want to tell them how they should think about that. I just want to get them to think about that. And so fiction is a powerful tool to get people to um, kind of dive into themselves. Um, when we read nonfiction, it's still, it's like, it's, we're reading it in our voice. We're hearing yeah. ourselves say the words but we're, we're still tapping into like what somebody yeah. else has said, e even from choosing it. We're like, well, I think that this author's fantastic. So I'm going to, you know, read, read what they have to say. And I'm going to, I'm going to place extra value in it because of who they are um, or because of what the message is, feels good to me. Whereas fiction, um, I get to, I get to make you not feel good about what the story is. And I get to make you not feel good about yeah. what the message might be as much as I get to make you feel good about it. And you sort through that mm -hmm. um, process yourself as the reader and, and the thinker and, and the chess player, you know, as the person who's going to make the decision of what the next, next move is. So. Well, thank you for being true to yourself and your message and, you know, not putting yourself a, in a box and you're like, this is, I'm a multifaceted person. I'm going to write these things that I'm feeling called to write. So yeah. thank you. Well, L L Lindsay, you and I and everybody listening have something in common and that is that we do not belong in boxes. We are, nope. we are limitless. Yes. So, yes. If you take uh, anything, take that. And that brings me to my last two questions and I'll let, I'll let you go on with your life. Uh, this question I just love to ask because it just kind of helps paint a picture of like who you are and what you like to do with your free time. But what's your, one of your favorite, I call them alignment activities where you just love to do it just for fun, for pure joy, time and space seem to float away when you're doing it. Um, yeah, I, so I, I play piano and I, I bring this example up because I don't have a piano here in Lima in our apartment. And and long story short, it's because I, I didn't think when I moved here that I would be here two years later. <laughs> um, and along the way, you know, I keep thinking I'm moving back to the States sooner than later. So I've just, I've never, I've never gotten one. Um, and, but historically through my whole life, that's always been an escape for me is to play piano. Um, and it's interesting. I, something that I, I, have a profound um, appreciation for now that I didn't have when I would play the piano myself is to actually just sit and listen to music. Um, mm. And it, it can be any different kind. When I write, I try to, I, I typically listen to classical music because there's no, you know, there's no words. Um, and the, the classical music is, is so emotionally evocative um, in a subconscious way, because it's not as, you know, if you're listening to like a hip hop track, it's exciting and it's energizing and it's you're you're there you're physically like engaged in the song that's what it does and that's that's the power of it and that's great classical music has a sneaky way of like you stop listening to it you know it's there and it's it's going on but you're not yes. necessarily consciously thinking of it so um i when you said um kind of escape and i don't effortless joy i don't remember the word, word you, you use but i think of that um the act the activity that i've i've replaced playing piano with here in Lima is I either I'll, I'll either run or walk um there's so I, I live in um, Barranco which is a district within Lima and um like two or three blocks from the the cliffside and so I'll walk through the the park and um to this you know the trail where you're so you just you, the ocean is out there and it's just it you feel I look at it and I feel um, limitless. And I, I feel like, man, this world is, is 
so much bigger than I realize and anything's possible. And um, it's, I bring up Barranco because it's really cool because they're just, it's like, we would think of it as like a park, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like this long garden, um, this elongated garden of all these cool tropical plants and uh, different hedges and trees and just cactuses and all kinds of just cool, unique stuff. And so I'll, I'll kind of run through um, that trail or walk through that trail. And it just, it's, there, there is literally nothing in terms of anxiety or stress that I can be feeling before that will prevent me from becoming effortless and, and filled with joy. Um, and it might take a few, few, and I take a, a kilometer for me to get there, <laughs> but um, you know, depending on what's going on, but it's, yeah. So that, that to me is just, it's my it's my escape into nature in the city of over 10 million people that I, I live in. And, you know, there's all these condo buildings and there's other people and everything going around on. But it's it's so just breathtaking and beautiful. And, and it's I, I love one of the things I love about Lima and I love about Peru. Um, you know, there's a ton of historical archaeological archaeology here and. Peru has has so many examples of the best of what human creation is. And I, you know, I, I don't think of like our buildings and our architecture as separate from nature um, because we, as humans, we are nature. So is a, mm-hmm. is a beaver dam different than nature? It's mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. And so just because we've made something out of glass or metal doesn't make it less natural. And, but we tend to, we tend to think that way. And um, it's, you know, that's what I've realized in being here too, is that really escaping into nature and, and that pure um, uh, natural existence that we, we, once we, st- once you experience, you know, I, I feel bad. I, f- I feel like millions of people haven't experienced it, don't know what I'm talking about. I, I know you do um, and, mm. and probably most of your audience does, but you know, that connection where we don't just, we know we're not the drop in the ocean. We know we're the yeah. ocean and you, and you feel that. Um, yes. That's what's cool about that stretch of ocean front is that you can be, you know, you hear the cars that are in the highway below on the cliff and you hear um, dogs barking and people riding their bikes and you, you know, um, all the, all the things that are human life are all happening around you. And yet you're not affected by it the same way because your 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 mind is captured by the the beauty of the ocean and the beauty of of um these landscaped gardens that people have have created it's just it's it's so that's that's my happy place is going and and seeing that that stuff yeah i just love i find it so interesting to hear what people do to you know reconnect to that feeling and i think it's a good reminder for everyone else it's the simple things like going for a walk in nature or doing something that you love, like playing piano that help you reconnect to your nature. So my last question for you, if you had to give anyone listening one piece of advice, maybe that's on this journey of discovering themselves or their purpose or whatever, what would that one piece of advice be? I know that's kind of hard sometimes. (laughs) I, I, I think it, I think it can be hard, but it's, for me, it's a very simple answer and that is just be yourself. And when that Mm -hmm. And but the advice part is when that doesn't feel right, when you're feeling resistance, um, be it expectations of family or, um, you know, we, we in a modern world, we're, we're, we're programmed to desire certain things materially and, and set create these own expectations for our life. 
And when though when that doesn't feel um, right and normal, that that is that is your intuition telling you something, and you have to listen to it and just be yourself. And you know, I for years I spent my life thinking that who I was wasn't good enough. And that if I only accomplished X in my career, if I only had a great, perfect relationship and not, and not, not for everybody else to see this stuff for, for me, I wanted this stuff to feel like I had um, amounted to something. And then then ultimately what it goes back to is that I was valuable and I was worthy of, of being loved. And all, all of that is just, it's just utter nonsense that our brains tell us over and over and over and over and over and over and it's relentless and I turn that voice off and just be yourself and do what you want to do and um, enjoy life and that doesn't mean that life is is not um, free of effort and free of struggle Um, the effort and the struggle of life is actually where we find the most joy and the most satisfaction and so when you run into that resistance and that barricade of this is what I want to do, whatever your dreams are, you know, if you want to, if you want to, if somebody out there is listening, is, you know, I want to be a novelist. I want to be a writer. It, it is, it is well within um, your, your reach to do so. Just don't do it. Don't do anything else until you do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's um that to me is the advice is do what it is that you want to do that you passionately feel you are called to do and and everything else you know falls by the wayside and that doesn't you know if if you want to as an example if you want to be a writer it doesn't mean that you don't have to have a a job to to pay your bills it just means that that's just that's just something that that's that's not the thing that you're you're doing that's not your life's work that's just something that you're um doing in the meantime and and view it that way and so um you know, that, that to me is, this is, is the essence of life is be yourself, do what you want to do, pursue your passions and the things that are your dreams and your desires, never, ever, ever discount them. Don't ever put them um, to the side. Uh, there's nothing more important than, than who it is that you wish to become. And when you do that, all the, here's the, here's the cool thing. When you do that, all the other stuff that you're worried about um, not having actually ends up happening for you in your life. And so, um, you know, that, that's, maybe that's why we're here is to, um, figure out that, um, being what we are is the most important thing. And maybe that's, maybe the universe is trying to figure that out for itself. So, um, but yeah, that's it. Just be yourself, do what you want to do. Perfect. Perfect way to end that. (laughs) Sean, thank you so much for this beautiful conversation, this beautiful co-creation. Just go do the things you want to do, people. Go do the things you want to do that you feel called to do without expectation. So thank you so much, Sean. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Lizzie. It was great being here. Sean, thank you so much for coming on Alignment Adventures. I know so many people are going to find those takeaways very useful for them. So if you want to connect with Sean, of course, you can go to his website, Sean, that's S-H-A-U-N dash Randall, R-A-N-D-A-L-L.com. Or you can connect with him on Instagram at Sean underscore Randall underscore. 
Thank you guys so much for joining me today. If you are new here, please subscribe. We have new episodes every week on Monday, and sometimes we have a bonus episode coming out on Fridays, but at least one episode a week. Sometimes they're interviews, sometimes they're solo episodes with just myself, but we're always discussing and exploring what it means to live an aligning, present, and fulfilling life. Please screenshot this episode and tag myself and Sean. My handle is at Lindsay with an A and Tanner with any takeaways that you have. I love seeing your takeaways over on Instagram and please share this episode with anyone that you think needs to hear this specific message. All right, my loves, that is all I have for you in this one. And of course, I will see you in the next episode of Alignment Adventures. Bye.